We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, what's up? It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. Joining me in a moment is Chris Biederman, as we will be doing throughout the offseason until some of the trade rumors around the NFL resolve themselves. We're going to be checking in with periodic updates and... Thursday, we got a new update, so Chris and I are going to talk about that. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England standing QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. All right, Chris, let's change it up and talk quarterback today. Yeah, finally, some quarterback yeah. talk. On this yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought that was probably a good place to start. Um, Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade. It's something that we thought would be coming. Adam Schefter reported it early Thursday morning. It sounds like the trade request was done privately a couple of weeks ago. Well, now it is public. And if you're a team that needs a quarterback, I imagine you're going to be calling the Houston Texans. So that's where we're going to start today. We're also going to talk a little bit about Matthew Stafford. But as far as Deshaun Watson goes, I'm going to I'm gonna start here. Rather than just throwing something to you, I'm going to start. Go for it. One of the Sounds things like I noticed. Cat has some wants to. Yeah, no, too. my cats. Have, my cats have takes. Um, <laughs> so they've been locked in a room in the house all day until I got home, and so I finally let them out. 
And now they're running rampant, and they're meowing, I'm sure, because they're thinking they're supposed to be people here, and they're not here, because they have very friendly cats, they're wonderful, and they love people. And I think they thought there were going to be people here when they were let out of their room, because that's what usually happens, you know, dinner, holidays, stuff, we'll put them in the room where their food and their tree and their their litter box are, and when we let them out after we're done eating, there's usually a bunch of people. So my guess is they're pissed that I'm the only one here, and I am not downstairs. Anyways... Deshaun Watson officially requested a trade and one of the things that jumped out to me during the initial breakdowns of what happens next is that the 49ers name never came up and at no point during any of this has the 49ers name come up first it was the Dolphins got floated by uh, Chris Mortensen and then the Jets got thrown in by the Miami Herald. And then Ian Rappaport today on NFL Network on three separate hits brought up the Bears, the Panthers, and then he also brought up the Colts because they don't have a quarterback, but then he would also throw in the caveat that the Texans probably won't trade in the division. So that was what really jumped out to me. And this is where I want to toss it to you, Chris, because I think you have a better understanding of this than I do is if Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play for the 49ers, the 49ers aren't going to have a lot of say in whether he suits up for them. No, I, I think if, if Deshaun Watson does end up coming to the 49ers, it's going to be because he requested to go there specifically. Um, and, you know, uh, we don't, I, I think Watson's camp in general has not been super vocal when it comes to um, speaking to reporters on background on on or off the record, I, I think you know we would have a, a better idea of exactly what Deshaun Watson was looking for in terms of a potential destination, or you know if he's gonna, you know there are a lot of unknowns right now, right? And so I think maybe as time goes on, there are gonna be more details that come to light regarding this. But you know we don't know exactly which teams Deshaun Watson would play for. We don't know um, if you know, if Houston is is going to acquiesce his, his request, they could they could keep him on the roster, fine him for missing minicamp, fine him fifty K a day for for missing training camp. They could do that. And some people have suggested that that's what they should do because you don't just trade a star twenty five year old quarterback who's already, you know, arguably one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league. I think there's certainly logic to that. But if Watson doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there, and you can't really go through a football season by having a quarterback who isn't bought in, right? Or, you know, like, and if he just sits out the season, then it's going to be a really bad situation for Houston to put themselves in because they're going to have one of the uh, most coveted trade chips in the NFL at their that they could dish out to, to help rebuild their, their sort of bare cupboard of draft picks. Um, that they need because they don't have a whole lot of draft picks. Their number three pick is going to Miami because of the Laramie Tunzel deal. So Watson has all the leverage here, and what we don't know is if he's really willing to utilize all of it, to maximize it, because what he could do is say, I want to go to this team, this is the only team I'm playing for, and that's where you're trading me. Um, and then it's up to that team to, to uh, you know, work with the Texans on compensation. So... Um, is it going to be the 49ers? I, I I am doubtful because I think we probably would have heard something to that effect by now, and maybe that comes out later. 
Um, is he going to be willing to, to sit out and risk those fines? We don't know that for a fact. I imagine he would be um, because, you know, that's typically what happens in these things lately. I think there's, you know, if you're an elite player in the league and you have leverage over the team um, that you play for and you ask for a trade like, you know, Jalen Ramsey did in Jacksonville or Jamal Adams did with the Jets or, you know, Khalil Mack to a certain extent with the Raiders, like, you know, these guys get traded um, when they're unhappy. And so, you know, I, I think Watson ultimately is going to get traded, but I'm not expecting him to come to San Francisco because, frankly, there hasn't been really any sort of connection um, to the 49ers aside from just them being a good fit from a football perspective, right? Like, everybody can look at the situation with Kyle Shanahan and, and the weapons that the 49ers have and say, wow, Watson would be great there. But that's all speculation, and that's the only connection anybody's really made. So I do think the Stafford thing, and we can switch gears to that if you want, seems a little bit more likely, right? Because Stafford's a veteran. Um, he probably wants to go to a team where he can contend. And it would seem the 49ers would be a pretty obvious candidate, along with Indianapolis, maybe Washington. Um, you know, there, there are going to be other teams in that mix because he's probably the second-best quarterback um, available, obviously, behind Watson. So, you know, I, I, I'm i still dubious of, of the idea that the 49ers are going to be the team that has the most appealing uh, trade package available to Detroit, and it could be that Stafford has a similar amount of control. Um, I don't think he has a no-trade clause, but he could just exhibit a, a similar amount of control because he could, you know, decide not to report to his next team, and, it's a, and, and he could you know, say he wants a new contract that a new team isn't necessarily willing to give. A lot of times when it comes to trades like this, um, like DeForest Buckner, for an, for example, like the 49ers allowed DeForest Buckner's reps to find a trade um, last March when that Indianapolis trade went down, right? So maybe right. Stafford's representation is, is going to have a say in where he goes, and that's going to be part of the overall fit. Um, in terms of fit with the 49ers and Stafford, yeah, I think it, it does make a lot of sense. Um, but I think other teams are going to be willing to part with more. And maybe the fact, you know, some of these contending teams like Indy, they made the playoffs, they're picking later in the 49ers. Maybe that number 12 pick that the Niners have is going gonna, is gonna to trump some other offers. Um, but I just don't see a scenario where the 49ers are giving away multiple first-round picks or much more than, than a first and a second for Stafford when they already have a quarterback, right? Like, they have Jimmy Garoppolo, and if the worst-case scenario is they end up with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback again in 2021, that's not an all-out mm -hmm. disaster, right? Like, they went to the Super Bowl with him just, just two years ago. Right. Um, so... I think the 49ers from that standpoint have leverage in that, not necessarily trade leverage, but just leverage uh, against other teams in the league that don't have quarterbacks, right? Like Indy has no quarterback. Phillip Rivers just retired. Right. Um, I think Jacoby Brissett's a free agent. Like they just don't have anybody. J so I, I would Jacob imagine... Eason is their only quarterback. Okay, yeah, Jacob Eason. So they're going to be presumably more desperate to get a deal done with Stafford and they have a whole lot more cap space than the 49ers do. So maybe he would go, you know, if he goes to Indy, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he immediately got a new contract uh, extension because his current deal is, is slated to, to run through 2022. So maybe, um, you know, maybe Indianapolis can facilitate that deal because they do have more cap space. 
um, than the 49ers do. And they, you know, the Niners currently only have about $10 million in cap space based on that $176 million projection from over the cap, um, which John Lynch said, you know, at the end of the season that that's what he's expecting. Now, there have been reports elsewhere that maybe the salary cap is closer to 100, uh, $190 million, and maybe there's some future borrowing into future caps happening. So, you know, the, they're not going to be at that $175, $176 million floor. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I think the Stafford thing makes sense uh, on a lot of different levels, and I think he is a pretty clear upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't know if the 49ers are going to be willing to pay the price to make that upgrade that, that other teams might be willing to pay in terms of compensation in the trade. So you see where the fit would be with Stafford. He has a, a big arm. He can make all the throws, and that's something that Kyle Shanahan always talks about is can a guy make all the throws. And I think that Stafford, for the most part, can. Um, his interception rate has been much better since it was in a, really abysmal his rookie year. I think the high number of interceptions comes in part because the Lions play from behind a lot. The Lions have had three top half defenses <laughs> since 2009 when Stafford became the starting quarterback, yeah. which is which is bad. Like, not even top five or ten, just top half of the league three times. They've had one 1,000-yard rusher. It was when Reggie Bush got to 1,006 yards in 2013. The situations have been bad in Detroit. And... Yeah. It's an organization that had two of their biggest star players over the last couple generations just sort of retire in their prime. Right. Right. And Barry Sanders and, and um, Calvin Megatron. Yeah, yeah. Calvin Johnson. So, like, yeah, I, I the fact that he's 0-3 in the playoffs that a lot of people seem to point to when saying, well, Jimmy Garoppolo took a team to the Super Bowl and Matt Stafford hasn't won a playoff game in all his years as a starter. It's like, are you telling me you watched the Niners in 2019 and watch that game, watch the Vikings game and Packers game, and and thought, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the only quarterback that could win with this team, right? You know, like the, it's, it's they, silly to me. They can, but an upgrade would make winning a lot easier. It would it would it would expand their margin of error? Yeah, exactly. That's what so, star quarterbacks do. Like the Chiefs, right. the Chief, all the Chiefs need to do is have a defense. That's serviceable, right? That's like, dude, the Chiefs were down twenty-four nothing in a playoff game, and it didn't matter. Right, exactly. That that's the difference between having a, an elite quarterback and not. And I think it's it's clear, and we've said it before, but I think it's clear that's that's sort of what differentiates Jimmy Garoppolo from the truly elite quarterbacks in the league. Like those guys don't need ideal situations to make long playoff runs. Mm-hmm. With Jimmy Garoppolo, it feels like you need a really great defense and you need a good running game on top of uh, the health issues that he has. Right, and and right. so. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't push the ball downfield. Um, he hasn't really consistently made throws, you know, to outside the numbers, at least at all this year. And maybe some of that was because of the small sample size and the fact that, you know, he was limited because of the ankle issues. Um, so I, I think the 49ers ultimately are in a pretty good spot because their worst-case scenario is bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo, which is better than a lot of worst-case scenarios throughout the league. Right. Like, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a completely lost cause yet. I think you can definitely make that upgrade, but I just don't, you know, I'm curious to see what, what, 
price the 49ers are willing to pay if they do end up getting Stafford. I think that's going to be fascinating. And I would expect I would expect it to be maybe 12 um, and maybe a 2022 second round pick. And I, I'm not expecting the team. I know there's a, a lot of discussion about, you know, would they include Fred Warner or Nick Bosa or um, George Kittle or whoever in any deal? Like, I don't, I don't think any players would be going in a trade like that. Because if it's yeah, Watson, if it's Watson, then I think the trade package would be heavily influenced by draft picks. It would just be, and, and I just. But I think that trade package might ultimately be smaller than what a lot of people expect because it's not going to be the 49ers winning a, winning a bidding war over, you know, 20 other teams, right? I think it's right. if, if Watson comes to the Niners, it's going to be a relatively small trade package compared to what everybody expects because I would think Watson's going to say, I want to go there, and that would, you know, depress the price or deflate, deflate the cost, um, however you want to put it. And with Stafford... Given his age, given his contract, um, I don't think it would it would cost nearly as much. And then you have to figure out what you're going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo after you get Stafford. I want to talk. I want to say something about Matt Stafford real quick, since you just brought up his age. Yep. So he's 32. 32 Super Bowl Sunday. Almost 33. <laughs> and I think one of the things that keeps sticking out to me is how durable he was. So he got hurt early in his career. He played 13 games his first two seasons. But the next eight years, he played all 16 games. Last year, he fractured bones in his back and then and played eight games. This year, he played 16, but he dealt with a rib injury the final three or four weeks. But he did play 16 games. So one of the things that stands out to me is John Lynch said in the season-ending press conference that they might change their philosophy in taking risks on injured players or players with an injury history. And that's something that I, I, I wonder if the team factors into either their desire to have Matt Stafford or what they're willing to trade for him. Because if this is a 33-year-old who's going to have a back issue, uh, who's going to be having be having to play through injury, I'm not sure that's something that that the 49ers are going to are going to want to take on, especially if it's going to cost them the number 12 pick. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but it's you know the alternative is Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. So like that's that's what they need to figure out. And it's a really complicated question because, you know, it could be that Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, 2018 and and 2020 just end up being blips on the radar and he puts together, you know, four healthy seasons in a row going forward like that could happen or it could happen that that Jimmy Garoppolo just ends up being injury plagued the rest of his career. It's really difficult to say. Right. Like. I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is necessarily injury prone. I just think he's gotten hurt. So, but that's part of the reality when you're looking at this decision. It's it's such an important decision. It's ultimately the most important decision Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to make. Um, you know, every year that quarterback decision is the most important one they make. So, you know, like it, it's it's a roll of the dice. Yeah, it's it's a roll of the dice to to make the move for Stafford, but if you're looking at it from an injury perspective, it's it's also a roll of the dice to bring Garoppolo back. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Stafford broke. But you don't have to give up draft and, picks to get. Yeah. Garoppolo. It, it's yeah. it's an interesting question because I I'm still of the belief too that you could. You could get a significantly better Jimmy Garoppolo over a full season. Um, you know, I think there are areas of his game where he can obviously improve, right? Like, and I think part of the reason he wasn't great early in 20, uh, 2019 was because he was coming off the ACL tear, and we saw him sort of become a version of what the 49ers thought they were paying for when they gave him that contract after his 5-0 and run in 2017. Then he gets hurt again. And then while he plays hurt, he it looks like he regresses, and that's the thing I can't I, I can't really figure out. Like, did Jimmy Garoppolo actually regress? Like, can he not throw outside the numbers and push the ball downfield the way you want, or was it just because he was hurt? Right, because like right. before the injuries, a lot of people thought Jimmy Garoppolo had you know sort of elite arm talent, or at least enough arm talent to become an elite quarterback. Um, and you know maybe the <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's 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 a fascinating decision because you know the 49ers do think highly of Garoppolo and the messaging, the messaging from you know even the national reporters. I listened to Adam Schefter's hit on KNBR this morning. Sorry to bring up uh, an alternate radio station, but that's uh, fine. <laughs> he said, you know, he basically parroted what Kyle Shanahan said. He was like, they're they're happy with Jimmy Garoppolo, the fact that they have him and and they would have no problem running it back with him in 2021. But they're, you know, if if there's an upgrade at the right price, they they would be willing to make it. And and the fact that Adam Schefter said that to me indicates that he has been in close conversation with what's happening with the 49ers. And he, you know, this is just me speculating, but it, listening to Adam Schefter talk about the whole thing made it sound like he was very careful with his words and not trying to burn any sources. And Hmm. which indicates to me there might be more discussion from the 49ers regarding, you know, Watson and Stafford than than maybe the national reporters right now are letting on. And that's part of a balance, right? Like the national reporters break a lot of stories, but they don't talk about everything they hear because they're not trying to burn sources and and they want to be sure they're 100 percent accurate on things. Right. So for Schefter to be super careful with his words and basically reiterate what Kyle Shanahan said, has said throughout the last couple months about Garoppolo in the quarterback situation for 2021 makes me think some wheels are turning, right? And as a beat writer, like, you know, the reality is as, as beat writers in the NFL, you know, like a lot of us are hearing things, but we're not reporting everything we hear because we have, we deal with these people every day, right? Like these are relationships um, that we have to maintain and, you know, we could, we could report everything we hear, (laughs) but we don't. Um, because, because then you'll never hear from that person again. Yeah, because then we'll never hear from that person again. And so it's easier to, to be far away from it and report everything you hear, whether it's accurate or not. Um, but given that we have to deal with these people on a, on a daily basis and we have our sources that we're trying to, you know, get information from credibly and, and maintain those relationships without burning anybody, it's it's a little bit different for a beat writer now. And it's it's, you know, we've talked about it, you know, years, I, what, Last year or two years ago, we had Mayoko on, Matt Mayoko, um, talking about this and just how national reporters get all the stories in part because owners own NFL Network. So it's a good look mm-hmm. for, for NFL Network to be breaking news. But there's also Adam Schefter who speaks to owners and speaks to all of the people absolutely in the know. 
And there's a reason why Adam Schefter doesn't tweet everything he hears. He breaks news, but he doesn't tweet everything he hears. If he did that, right. you know, I, I'm guessing Adam Schefter reports 5%, maybe 2% of what he hears. Right? Yeah, gosh, I wouldn't even know where to start on that. Just in general. So, anyway, listening to him on KMBR this morning, he was just super careful with his wording when he was talking about the 49ers quarterback situation, which makes me think that the wheels are certainly turning and they're going to be involved um, but I just don't know how far they're going to get because of the resources they have at their disposal to, to potentially trade. One of the things I want to point out real quick, just since we're doing a podcast about this, mm-hmm. my hot internet take is that Matthew Stafford could do MVP Matt Ryan numbers in Shanahan's offense. Yep. And if you go look at their numbers, Ryan through his first seven seasons before Shanahan got there, and Matthew Stafford through his first 12 seasons, they're like identical. 7.2 yards per attempt for both, 4.5% touchdown rate for both, 2.3 interception rate for both. Uh, Their their passer rating is less than two points apart. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Well, you look at at the situation. Their completion percentage is less than two points apart. Yeah, if you look at the situation Stafford would be stepping into, right, they would have the 49ers, if healthy, and obviously health is is the biggest caveat here, but Raheem Mostert as your running back, right, Jeff Wilson Jr., who re-signed on a one-year deal this week, that's, you know, those are two pretty pretty good pieces in, in terms of trying to build a quality running game. You have one of the best tight ends in the league, and you might have one of the best young receiver pairings in Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And if you get Stafford, you're saving a little bit of money from a cap perspective. You're probably more likely to bring back Trent Williams. Um, and maybe, you know, may, maybe the Williams thing is, is irrespective of what happens at quarterback. If you do bring back Williams, which the 49ers want to do, then you have good players at just about every position on offense with exception, with maybe a couple spots on the offensive line, right? Which you could mm-hmm. hopefully improve in the draft. Um, or a free agency for the 49ers. So it's a it's a good, I mean, it's, to your point, it should be a really good offense if it is Matt Stafford running the show. Especially since he ran almost no play action, I mean, relatively no play action in Detroit, and he's awesome in play action in his career. And mm-hmm. he would do a lot of that with San Francisco. I just think if Peter King proposed, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo and a 2022 second-round pick for Matthew Stafford... If that's what the 49ers can do, that's I Wait, that, again? that would feel like a fleecing. Good. A, tw- so- a 2022 second and Garoppolo. Yeah, you do that, you do that each like, week. It I would that's where the there's a big conversation that we have on 957 the game where I'm a producer for the midday show. I don't talk about it a lot. But one of the conversations we've had is, would you rather do that deal for Stafford or three firsts, a couple of day two picks, and a player for Deshaun Watson? And I understand the the tier or tiers above Stafford that Watson is, but given where the 49ers are, I think I would do the former. Not because I think Matthew Stafford is better than Deshaun Watson or is a better fit, but I think from a team-building standpoint, I think Stafford can do plenty 
to get the 49ers back to the Super Bowl, take their offense to the level that it is currently not at. I, I and and then they would have their first round picks intact for the next three or four years. So I would in that if that's a scenario, I would still rather get Watson because of where he's at already. Like he's probably sure. one of the what, he's top five. Like. I think just about everybody would say he's a top five quarterback in the league. Yeah. And he doesn't seem like he's one of those guys that's going to fluctuate like, oh, is he going to be an MVP candidate this year? And then are we going to wonder if he's worth keeping around next year? Like, you know, Derek Carr or Jared Goff or somebody like that. Um, Watson, to me, is going to be in that elite tier throughout his career, right? So he's 25, and you could potentially get a decade from him. Yeah. Um, And to me you know, a decade plus, right? To, to me, I, I'm less concerned about the draft capital I would be giving up for Deshaun Watson because we've talked about it too. Like, the, the draft can be a crapshoot. Um, but if you have an elite quarterback, you're always going to be in the mix. And what we've seen with Stafford, and, you know, I, I'm not trying to do the quarterback wins thing, but he's, he's really good. But he isn't always top five. And to win the the easiest way to win a Super Bowl is to have an elite quarterback. And it looks like the only way to even compete with it for a Super Bowl right now is to have one of those truly elite quarterbacks. Um, and we just saw it in the championship round. It was Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. I just think you need one of those caliber guys. And I think Stafford could absolutely do that with the 49ers. And I think the 49ers would absolutely be contenders with Stafford. But just how long you could potentially have Deshaun Watson, you know, 10, 12 years. Sure. Um, I think I, I even if it would cost a whole lot more in draft compensation, I, I think I would rather have Watson. Okay. That's fair. I wouldn't. Yeah. And I don't disagree with your point at all, but... I'm sticking you know. with my... I've been a Matthew Stafford stand since the 2009 draft, so I'm sticking with it. Yeah, and, and I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I I would not... I would, depending on what the trade is, I there, there wouldn't be a whole lot of bad things to say about adding Matt Stafford to an already really good roster. Right, you just, you just need to, you just need to get healthy. Right, right. And so honestly, and honestly, honestly, if the 49ers are fully healthy, uh, having Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback is probably fine. The NFC is going to be <laughs> wide open next year. Yeah, thank goodness. So, like, the NFC was wide open this year. Like, everybody was on the Saints. It was like, I don't, I, I never understood. I, I don't want it, this is a tangent, but I just didn't see it with the Saints all year, and that came to roost so in, in the playoffs. And God. even as good as the Packers were, you know, they, they're whatever issues or coaching issues, however you want to say it, they sort of they sort of came up in in that NFC title game. Like I, I do think the NFC is going to be very winnable next year, no matter who the quarterback for the 49ers is. And what, I think so too. what's frustrating about what we do is so much of the analysis is like, well, they're they're going to be good if they're healthy. Yeah, yeah, but, that's right. And they're going to be bad it, if they're not. Yeah, and, then, You're and, then, and so if they're not healthy, yeah, if they're not healthy, we have to figure out okay what what matters in in these losses aside from their health, and what can we really learn from it, <clears throat> or is it something where they just don't have guys, <laughs> right? 
you know, that's that's been the hardest thing about about trying to figure out the 49ers in, in 2020 for me. Okay, last thing here, and yeah. then we'll get out. Who who are you betting is under center? If, we, if it's one of the three, if it's Watson, Stafford, and Garoppolo, although we're reaching the point that I'm ready to just not say Watson anymore until the 49ers are named in some list that Adam Schefter tweets out of teams he wants to play for. Yeah, I, I'm... I think I said it in the group chat. What I say, seventy percent. Yes. I think it's Garoppolo. Um, and who knows? I mean, I, well, another thing Schefter said on KNBR was that he expects there That's to be a the Stafford. other station. Yeah, the <laughs> the other station that I used to work for. Um, that Stafford is like the the there's going to be a resolution before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, with that, so maybe if Stafford is dealt, we would we would have an idea by this time next week. Yeah. Um, or maybe even sooner than that. But I just I just think there are going to be teams that are willing to part with more um, draft capital and would be more amenable to a long-term contract extension. And I'm, I'm looking pretty squarely at Indy, um, Indianapolis because I think they, they lead the league in cap space and they also, you know, have some draft picks that they could trade. Um, and it just makes a lot of sense for them. Um but who knows? Maybe Stafford really wants to play for Kyle Shanahan, and, and that would certainly make sense if, if he did. But I still think the most likely scenario right now is that Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback in 2021. Much to just about – it seems like it seems like everybody has moved on from Garoppolo already in terms of, like, 49ers Twitter. And maybe that's – maybe Twitter isn't an accurate representation of the fan base, but it's weird to me that so many people have moved, moved on from Garoppolo already. Yeah. That's that's how it goes. we're gonna keep talking about it as long as it's around though. So we will. All right, let's we get will. out of here. And yeah. the next podcast we do, I'm sure there will be more quarterback news and notes. Uh, I promise that at some point we will talk about other free agents <laughs> and we'll talk about the draft. Uh, the Senior Bowl is going on now. I'm trying to get Matt Miller on post Senior Bowl. Uh, Matt Miller from NFL Draft Scout and talk to him about kind of what he saw and, and possible fits. I know there's an offensive lineman there who has a large belly who wears his jersey pulled up like he's Ezekiel Elliott. It's delightful. And his name's Miners, so he, he might as well be a 49er. God damn it. Damn it. Right. Chris. Right. All right. On that note, <laughs> that's a good joke. That's a good joke. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, we're going to have time to talk about the draft. Three months until the draft. Yeah. And a solid, what, six weeks of free agency, seven weeks. But, but, and again, I don't want this to, to turn into a whole new discussion, but uh, the, the whole quarterback thing ties a lot back into the draft because if the 49ers wind up moving their number 12 pick this year, it changes the calculus of, of how they go about adding players a lot. So. Totally. All right, let's get out of here. Subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't. Woo! Yeah.